This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and a news follower. I'm also a big fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, and secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky in the past. So each day, I'm going to share a few of my favorite deep cuts with you. So let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. Today in 2018, Amy Klobuchar called upon Mark Zuckerberg to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee in the midst of the Cambridge Analytica scandal. I don't know if you all were paying attention during that scandal, but it was quite confusing, so I'm excited to reverse and set the record straight about what went on, as well as Zuckerberg's and Facebook's respective roles in the dramatic proceedings. Let's dive in. Klobuchar actually first announced her request for Zuckerberg to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee on, of all places, Twitter. Ah, Twitter. Location of historical events in the modern era. She tweeted, Facebook breach. This is a major breach that must be investigated. It's clear these platforms can't police themselves. I've called for more transparency and accountability for online political ads. They say, trust us. Mark Zuckerberg needs to testify before Senate Judiciary. Senator Ed Marquis from Massachusetts followed with similar calls for people from both Facebook and Cambridge Analytica to testify before the committee. Then, House Intelligence Committee ranking member Adam Schiff asked Facebook why they'd provided the data to a company in the first place. These congresspeople all worked together to put the screws to Facebook on how it had let such a large breach of privacy take place. Cambridge Analytica had gotten access to the data of over 50 million Facebook users, and then had transferred the data to third-party organizations, which was against a bunch of rules. The news broke to the public when Facebook's general counsel, Paul Grenwell, wrote in a blog post the preceding Friday that Facebook had learned of the illicit data transfer and demanded that the data be destroyed. Facebook suspended everyone involved, but despite Grenwell's post, people were still really suspicious about Facebook and how much information they had lost grasp of in the process of this data sale and transfer. And as it turned out, Facebook had learned of the data transfer all the way back in 2015. No wonder people were wary of putting their trust in the company. They'd known about this breach for three years before it became known to the general public. What happened was Facebook legally, sold the data to a professor who ran a little app called This Is Your Digital Life, one of those apps that you register with and it gets you a little graphic based on your social media profiles. PSA, those apps are always at risk of taking your data. What happened next was the illegal part, though. That app shared the data with Cambridge Analytica. And a data transfer past the first purchaser is a breach of the privacy terms. In addition to that, it gave away data of the individual's friends in addition to their own personal data further breaching the terms of use. Facebook is within their rights to sell data to individuals and companies. Many internet companies do this as a way to raise money. 
Where this all went haywire, though, is that the first company transferred the data to another company, which was not being properly regulated by Facebook. And it isn't properly regulated in general. As a digital pioneer in this area, it's argued that Facebook is responsible for setting the standard of what ethical and legal actions look like, instead of letting data selling basically just go haywire after the first exchange. The idea is that Facebook should have been setting rules and regulations for what the companies it sold data to did with the data, when in reality it wasn't being watched over at all. It was additionally problematic because Cambridge Analytica was a political data analysis firm that advertised the ability to create advanced political profiles to target consumers with advertising. Worse, it was eventually revealed that the data that was leaked during the Cambridge Analytica hack helped Republican candidates in the 2016 election, including Donald Trump. It's a company that's dedicated to figuring out citizens' voting preferences before they vote. While that sounds innocuous enough on the surface, given Facebook's troubled history with voting misinformation, it was a recipe for trouble. As Klobuchar brought up in her later statements, it was troubling that Cambridge Analytica could theoretically be selling this information to foreign powers who do not have American election safety as a priority. The case as a whole brought up serious questions about who regulates political advertising and social media. Spoiler alert, it was no one. Klobuchar demanded that the CEOs be held responsible for the actions of their companies. Another senator throwing his hat in the ring, Mark Warner, pushed lawmakers to pass legislation to bring accountability to political advertisements. I thank these senators for stepping up and doing one of the most important parts of their jobs, objecting to unseen violations of private citizens. Let's hope for more of that in the years to come. For today's Music Fact, we have a special guest who some of you may recognize from the trailer of Normal People. We have Orla Gartland here to talk about her first time playing a live show. On March 18th, 10 years ago, I played my first ever show. I've been performing in a few places like busking on the streets in Dublin where I grew up, but this was the first time in a venue with tickets, so it felt real. It was in a pub called The Slaughtered Lamb, kind of crazy, and it was a support slot for my friend Brian. And I remember I convinced some people from school to come, but then when the doors opened, we realized it was 18 plus, so they had to go home, and the only people that could come in were my parents. So I performed some originals, some covers. I remember singing a two-door cinema club song. I also had massive braces on my teeth at this point, and I just found it so hard to sing. I also remember sweating more than I had ever sweated and just being so paralyzed by nerves that I just blacked out for what felt like the whole set. I somehow made it through, but if you had told me that day that I would go on to become a musician full-time and actually tour, I probably would not have believed you. And now for our final segment of today's show, I'm going to be going into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on March 18th in my life. On March 18th, 2019, I went to see Spider-Man Far From Home, which is very appropriate because I guess the newest installment is coming out soon. There was that title fiasco between Tom, Zendaya, and Jacob, and I'm really excited to see the next movie. I really love the new Spider-Man reboot franchise with Marvel. I think it's really fun. I think Tom Holland's a great Spider-Man. I did have a history of simping for him, so I may be not totally unbiased, but you know, I'm very excited. And I was very excited to see that movie in 2019. Come back tomorrow for more weird and funky facts and please subscribe on your favorite podcasting device. I'll see you then. It's 365 with MXM Tune.
drinks every day so don't leave too soon i'm gonna teach you stuff no it won't be tough gonna go a year till you